start the new series called Jesus in His Own Words. So we will be focusing a lot on the Gospels. The Gospels, you know, are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And today we are going to specifically be looking in Matthew. So if you would take your Bibles or the Pew Bible and open up to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, we will be reading verses 28 to 30. And the sermon title for this week is, My Yoke is Easy and My Burden is Light. Those are Jesus' words to us. Today, we frequently seem to be in a hurry for something. We're also bombarded by worldly ideals that make absolutely no sense for people that are seeking to live for God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will that He's laid out for us in His Word. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Our Savior Jesus beckons us to stop and to look to Him for rest. For those of you that are able, would you stand as I read Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. In the Pew Bible, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 1518. Listen to Jesus' words. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Praise be to God in the reading of his word. You may be seated. Jesus makes makes for us a wonderful invitation. In his own words, Jesus says, Come to me. In the previous verses, if we take this thing into fully context, we see that Jesus had explained who he was. And now the Son of God makes this invitation to us, come to me. Today, the Son of God is inviting you, people, to come to him. And to whom is this invitation being made? Jesus makes this invitation to all y'all. All y'all who are weary and burdened. Sooner or later, sooner or later, we will find that the trials of life are heavier than what we can bear. Today, we seem frequently in a hurry for something. We're also bombarded by worldly ideas and ideals that make no sense to us who are trying to walk in God's ways. We become weary And we become burdened. I sometimes wonder if we are even designed 
for such a life as this, a fast-paced life. Today we seem to be always in a hurry in our modern society, but what are we in a hurry for? I just haven't figured it out. Have you ever considered, maybe, maybe dreamed about that simpler life? It's funny, a couple examples that I use here. I prepared this message um, during the beginning of the week and I ran into it during the week. I had to go up to Elkhart, so I went through Goshen and Napanee on the way there. It was just overtaken by the Amish. Have you ever thought about how maybe they have some of those things right, the simple life? You can tell when you're getting close to that Amish country. The clothes are out on the line when it's 30 degrees outside. And then a woman steps out the front door with a dress and a head covering on with a great big rug and starts shaking it. And then she wrapped it up and took it back inside. Maybe you've thought what it might be like to move to another state, to move somewhere where there's less people. Perhaps get a few acres and plant a garden. Remove yourself from the hustle and bustle of the world as we know it. For Pamela and me, it was a ranch in Texas that we escaped to. And from time to time, we still mentally escape to the Faith Rest Ranch. The ranch that God blessed us with for a season of our life. People think that our culture and society have brought so much to us, but sometimes I kind of wonder. We work hard all year looking forward to a two-week vacation, don't we? And what is it that we plan for two weeks? A time in the woods, perhaps, next to a babbling brook where you can see the trout swimming through. You may think, I am just going to go there and relax and fish. And we'll cook out over the open fire. That's another thing I did this week. Cooked out over the open fire. Perhaps we'll take those grandkids with us and they can just swim all day in the brook, play in the mud and catch lizards. What are we thinking? Two weeks out of the year? That's how people live in primitive cultures year-round. Today. What are we really gaining in our society? You know, Pamela probably wouldn't be able to find any counseling clients if we were living among the natives of South Pacific Islands or the remote areas of Africa. They probably don't even know what manic depressive is, anxiety, or job-related stresses. As far as that goes, they may not have even had an opportunity to ever drive a car. They probably certainly wouldn't know what it means when we say 8 to 5, let alone overtime, or those of us that are business-minded, talking about mortgages or banks and interest rates, it would make no sense to them. What are we thinking in our culture, in our present-day society here in America? It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time until a person is forced 
to reach out to someone that's stronger or wiser than them. A critical moment in our life is when we realize that we are weary and we are burdened and we need to reach out for help. Where a person reaches out for help can either make them or break them. It's at this point that many people reach for a bottle or addictive drugs. And it is at this point right here that Jesus stands. And Jesus, in his own words, declares what we really need is to find our Heavenly Father who loves us and who wants to help us. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Verse 28. There are two things that Jesus calls us to do in verse 29. To take my yoke, to take my yoke upon you and to learn from me. First, he says, take my yoke upon you. The yoke was a well-known wooden harness. A harness that was put on the oxen or the horses so that they could pull a plow, a cart, or maybe the grist mill. When a yoke was on an animal, the animal knew that they were ready to go to work. And the master would direct that animal by walking alongside them or putting some reins on them and standing behind them to attach to them and steer them the way they wanted to go. This reminds me of a couple bits of cowboy wisdom I just have to share with you today that I learned over the years. First, never give the devil a ride. He'll always want to take hold of the reins. And the second is this, that I like saying to my Lord, Lord, since you made me, I reckon you can do a better job running my life, so I'm giving you the reins. Basically, Jesus is saying in verse 29, I have work for you to do, and I want to take the reins of your life. I want to walk alongside you in everything that you do. Some of you will remember the old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. Or the younger ones might remember Nicki Minaj. And I'm not going to try to sing the way she does. But she has lyrics in her song called My Way the same lyrics. I'm afraid that every one of us have sung the lyrics to this song, probably to our own tune at some point. Our way. Our way can often lead to a lot of misery and pain and can wear us down. The load that we are pulling or carrying can get so heavy that we wonder if we will ever be able to bear it. And Jesus, in his own words, says, Take my yoke upon you 
And the second thing he says in this verse is learn from me. Learn from me. Without a question, Jesus of Nazareth has a great influence upon our Western culture. More than any other person in all of history has had. He is the central point of history. We divide history between B.C. and A.D., right? A.D. stands for Anno Domini. That's Latin for in the year of our Lord, which refers specifically to the birth of this man, Jesus Christ, this God-man. And B.C., stands for before Christ. I'm amazed how many people in our secular world really don't know who Jesus is. How can people even say they don't believe in Jesus? They're living in the year 2021 A.D., in the year of our Lord. Do they have any idea what our calendar is all about? Probably not. But they accept it. They accept the fact that Jesus is the central point to where we're living today. Many times the only information people get, really, is information from the enemies of Jesus. The devil does not want people to meet Jesus. Satan likes to take the word of truth and he likes to twist it and he likes to make it sound good to the general populace of the world. Therefore, we get laws put into place that are contradictory to God's Word, even contradictory to scientific facts. Jesus, in His own words, says, Learn from Me. Learn from Me. How do we learn about Jesus, about the truth of Jesus? Well, first, we need to be able to read, read the Gospels. Read the Old Testament, the references that prophesy, that speak about Jesus and his life among us. Come to Dunphy Missionary Church. You can learn the truth here on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday evenings when Max Felger is teaching class. And soon, there will be so many spirit-filled ministries you can get involved in. Participate. Get all the facts. And then make your determination. Learn from Jesus. I can promise that the more you learn of Him, the more you will be convinced that He is the Messiah, the Son of our living God. The more you know of Him, the more you will love Him because you will learn that He so loved you that He gave His only life. Jesus, in His own words, said in John chapter 15, verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that He lay down His life for his friends, you will discover that Jesus laid down his life for you. 
What else can we learn about Jesus in these verses that we read this morning? In his own words, verse 29b. Now I'm going to say B, A, and B. You're not going to find that in your Bible, but that means A, the first half of the verse, B, the second half of the verse. So look at 29b. In his own words, Jesus says he is gentle. How do people think of God? Some say God is mean, he's vindictive, he's cruel, he's hard, and he is condemning. But Jesus reveals God to us as loving, forgiving, kind, compassion, compassionate, gracious, merciful, calm, and overall gentle. Verse 10, 28 demonstrates his gentleness. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Many people think a big political or cultural change will make their life better. Little do they realize that sin is their problem. What is really needed is a Savior to rescue them, a gentle Savior to give rest for their soul. This is Jesus, our gentle Lord. If Jesus comes across someone that is just like barely flickering in their hope, he is more likely to fan their hope back into a flame than he is to snuff it out. Jesus, in his own words, is gentle. Verse 29b, Jesus is humble at heart. The great people of the world, you know, they soon become unapproachable. They are surrounded by their people, public relation experts, who are continually seeking to hide the true nature of that person from the public. They try to persuade you that they are honest, that they're good, that they are ideal people, people you would just love to have. Jesus is. He said of himself, I am humble at heart. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the creator of, of the universe we learn in John chapter 1, the first few verses. As God, He is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. He is omniscient, meaning all-knowing. Yet so great is His love for us, His creation, that Jesus chose to humble Himself, humble Himself greatly for our sake. Do you remember the Jesus attitude from the last sermon series, the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 8, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, in his own words, is humble. Jesus gives rest.
verses 28b and 29b, we see this. You shall find rest in your soul that passes all understanding. We're all familiar with the mental torture that our minds can bring to us, right? Sometimes at night we wake up and we just can't go back to sleep. We can't get rest because we're rehearsing over and over again in our minds this problem that we think is so big. (coughs) Excuse me. What can we do about it? We wrestle in our minds. The first thing that Jesus promises to you who come to him that take his yoke upon you and learn from him is that you will find rest for your soul. Claim that promise. That's a promise. You will find rest for your soul. You will hear Jesus say something like this, I know, I care, and I will take care of the things for you. He'll say something like this, trust in me and I will watch over you. And the whole situation that is troubling you so much in your mind will go away. Because Jesus in his own word says, I will give you rest. In verse 30, we learn about the yoke again, that the yoke that Jesus asks us to put on ourselves is light, is easy. Jesus' yoke is easy as compared to any other kind of religious law-keeping that is burdensome and amounts to this heavy yoke that we like to take upon ourselves. It becomes oppressive to us. No amount of religious law-keeping can bridge that gap between you in your sinfulness and God in His righteousness. We just can't do it because of our old sin nature that's inside of us. The good news is that God, that Jesus promises to all, all who come to Him, that He will give us rest from that heavy burden, that burden of trying to earn our way into heaven. He will give us rest from that oppressive yoke of self-righteousness and legalism, the oppressive yoke rubs us raw from its weight. Jesus encourages those who are weary from this own, their own yoke to take His yoke upon you. His yoke is received through repentance and faith. By faith, we will find rest for our souls. The yoke of Jesus is light and easy to carry because it's a yoke of repentance and faith, followed by a commitment to follow Him. As the New Testament Scripture says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 3-5, to 5, For this is the love of God, to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world, This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is that? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, in his own words, says, 
His yoke is easy. And then in verse 30b, he says, my burden is light. Every person in the world bears a burden. The burden that we seem to bear on ourselves is how to please ourselves. All the things that we do from a worldly perspective are to please ourselves. We seek to find satisfaction in life. We let pride be our guide. Without Jesus, we pursue wealth, pleasure, and possessions. And these become our yokes about the neck of the worldly person. A very heavy burden. Jesus lived to please the Father. His burden was to please the Father, the Heavenly Father. When he was 12 or 13 years old, his first recorded statements in the Bible was this. Did you not know that I must be about my Father's work? Later, Jesus said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Pride was not his guide. Now in verse 30, Jesus declares that his burden is light. It's easier to please God through faith in Jesus than it is to please yourself. I sometimes hear people speak these words. They say that they have a heavy burden that the Lord has put on them. Hmm. If that burden is heavy, you best discover where you picked that burden up from. Was it yourself? Was it others? Could it be Satan? One thing is for sure, it was not our Lord. Jesus, in his own words, says, His burden is light. So in conclusion, when we are finally sick and tired of being sick and tired, we are invited to come. Come to Jesus. When we submit our life to Jesus, often the first consciousness is that of a great peace, of a burden that's just been lifted off of our shoulders. It's gone. And we finally find rest for our souls. Let's just listen to Jesus in his own words again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you we thank you for inviting us to come to you, for taking your yoke, which is light, for taking your burden, which is light, 
and easy. Help us to see our sins so that we can repent. And as we repent, cleanse us of all unrighteousness to bring us back in fellowship with you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen.